Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Monday morning. Eight, six minutes coming up on seven minutes past the hour. 843-843-6879, our toll-free telephone number. Again, 844-843-6879. We'll open up the phones here again in a little bit. Send a tweet at Opposite Picks. Email me. Go to the website. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. A lot to get to this second hour. A little NBA stuff again from last night. We'll recap that. NHL. And uh, boy, do I have a betting tip for you. That's right. Uh, You know what? There's a saying, it doesn't matter what the sport or who's playing. They pay off just as much uh, for uh, Middle Tennessee State versus uh, Topeka High as they do for USC and UCLA. And I have a winner for you that's as good a lock that's close to pick them. You got to lay a little bit of wood as you will ever see. That's coming up second hour as well. You know, I did not watch it. I'll admit it. Uh, but there was a great finish in the golf yesterday at the tournament. You know, D- uh, DJ, Dustin Johnson, uh, birdies a shot on the last hole from 40-plus feet out to send the thing to extra holes, sudden death, if you will. Then John Rahm responds by hitting a 60-plus foot shot, a birdie putt, uh, to win on the first hole of sudden death, and he walks away with the title. Now, again, no Tiger Woods, uh, no Phil Mickelson, no Rory McIlroy. You know, Rom is pretty big and Dustin Johnson's pretty big, but he's not, you know, even DJ is not able to carry the sport. Like, you know, maybe a year or so ago he was, but not uh, there's something. I don't know. He just hasn't elevated himself to that level yet. So it's another example. And I like golf, but I have no qualms sitting down watching, you know, nine holes. I don't know about a final round. Uh, entire round, but you know, I have no qualms about watching. You know, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine holes, even. But unless one of the big, big, big guys are involved, and, and unless it's a major, nobody cares about golf. It just it has fallen off the map. Maybe not as much as NASCAR has, uh, but golf is you know running a close second as to a sport that was once big now needs one of the big names involved in order for people to watch. So. But as far as the winning play goes, it's not in golf, it's not in baseball, it's not in football, it's not in basketball, and it's not in the NHL. What's left? I'll let you know after this break. 844-843-6879. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning, 12 minutes past the hour. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Follow me on Twitter. Send a tweet at Opposite Picks. We just posted our poll question of the day. A little late this morning. I'd like to do a first hour, but a little busy on this Monday. Best chance of happening. Dodgers win the World Series. Tampa Bay wins the NHL Stanley Cup Championship. Either the Lakers or Clippers. An L.A. team wins the NBA title. And the topic of our next conversation, and that is tennis. How about Novak Djokovic winning the U.S. Open? Go to the oppositepicks.com or Sports Grid Radio and get your vote in. We'll update that a couple of times uh, throughout the morning. Uh, yes, tennis, believe it or not. Uh, here's where I'm coming from. Listen, we all want to win money, right? I don't care if it's tiddlywinks. I don't care if it's the NFL or the WNBA. As long as I have a plus on the right side of my ledger versus a negative on the left, I'm okay with it. It's as simple as that. And I got to tell you, 
There's maybe no better bet on the board this week, or really for two weeks, a two-week tournament, than Novak Djokovic. You can get Djokovic, the Joker, on uh, FanDuel at minus 135, which is, you know, it's not pick them. You're laying a little bit of a vig, but when I give you the stats and figures, that minus 135 is going to pale in comparison. And I always tell people, listen, you could place a bet, like if you're a $100 player, you don't have to lay 135 to win 100. You could lay 100 to win about 75. Uh, so it, it's not necessarily how much you're putting up. It's how much you're willing to risk. So if you only want to risk $100, that's your play, then just put $100 to win 75. That's all. So forget about the odds. And if, as I tell people, if the worst thing in the world is you come out of the equation saying, well, I only won 75 versus 100, uh, the key word there is one. Okay, that that's the key word. Uh, if you're complaining about how much you won, then life is pretty good. So consider this with the U.S. Open. And I know probably a lot of people don't follow tennis and, and don't care about it. But again, it's about picking a winner versus whether you watch any of the events or not. Novak, Roger Federer, Rafi Nadal, the big three. They've been the big three for literally 15, 16 years now, right? They Those three have dominated men's tennis like never before. Federer and Nadal aren't at the U.S. Open. They're not partaking in it. Uh, the Joker, Novak Djokovic, is. Since 2004, okay, that's 16 years of U.S. tennis opens. Only seven different players have won over 16 years, which I got to tell you is actually a little bit more than what I thought it would be when I looked it up. I really thought it was probably going to be three, maybe four. But still, Federer's won it five times, Nadal's won it four times, and the Jokers won it three times. Other than that, you got uh, Varenka winning it, you got uh, Del Potro winning it, you got Andy Murray winning it, and you got uh, Marin Silic winning it, all uh, one time apiece. That's it. Those seven players. Uh, there is no Varenka in this tournament, and there is no Del Potro. So it's really only Andy Murray and Silic, uh, and both are you know relative long shots at this point in their career. So the top Four guys that could be playing, Nadal, Joker, or Nadal, Federer, Murray, Silic, are not playing. It's only Novak. And if you look at the draw, you know, the tougher guys that are still there for the men's, because there are some good guys, they're all on the other half. So theoretically, Novak's only going to have to play one, like, really good, young, up-and-coming player. I mean, he has got an easiest road to the U.S. Open Finals as he will ever, ever have. And chances are he'll be, you know, at least a minus 135 favorite if he gets to the finals, especially if there's an upset or two and he's really facing a nobody. So you might not be in a position to hedge or you, you might be actually in a great position to hedge if you bet the Joker now at 135 because the underdog in the finals, if he got there, you're probably going to get back at least 135, if not more. I, I, in fact, I will tell you now, I will bet you at 16 minutes past the hour on uh, August 31st that Roger Federer will be at least a two-to-one favorite in the finals, at least a two-to-one favorite. Those three guys have dominated tennis, again, like never before, because the U.S. Open, all right, seven guys in 16 years, again, more than I thought, but still pretty dominant, right? Consider this. The Australian Open has only had five different winners in 16 years. The French Open has only had four different winners in 15 years since 2005. Wimbledon has only had four different winners in 17 years. 
And that's not for outside of the big three. That's four, including the big three. There's only been one other Wimbledon champ, Andy Murray, since 2003. There's only been one other French Open champ, Varenka, since 2005. There's only been two other Australian Open champs, Varenka and uh, Murat Safin, since 2004. When you add them all up, since 2004 at the U.S. Open, since 2004 at the Australian Open, since 2005 at the French Open, and since 2003 at Wimbledon, that's 64 total tournaments. Only eight times has a player won other than the big three. Eight. 56 Joker, <clears throat> Roger Federer, and Rafael Nadal have won 56 out of 64 tournaments. Wow. I mean, you talk about dominating. And then when we put a little bow on this little story here, 56 out of the 64, and then you throw in Federer is not in the tournament, remember. Rafael Nadal is not in the tournament, remember. Vavrenka, who's one of those other guys not in the tournament, remember. Del Potro, one of those other guys not in the tournament. I mean, there is really just nobody. Unless you think Andy Murray is going to kind of come out of the blue and drink from the fountain of youth, uh, Marine Sealage, uh, you know, <clears throat> these guys, they're, they're not like they were. There's nobody. Now, a couple of up-and-coming players, sure you do, but <clears throat> history says not happening. History says this is going to be a cakewalk for the Joker. So it's a two-week bet. You got to go through, you know, five different uh, matches in order to get to the final. So, you know, you got to have to kind of sweat it out a little bit. And there might be, you know, a match or two where he actually, God forbid, drops a set. But is he ever going to get to a fifth in deciding set, the Joker? No. In fact, FanDuel has a bet plus 730 that he wins the tournament without dropping one set. You know, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Chances are he drops one somewhere along the line. He screws up, twists an ankle, gets bored, tries a couple of things, you know, whatever the case may be. But I will say at plus 730, it's worth putting a couple of shekels down. I would do that. Um, it'd be a little tough to hedge, but you could do it. You know, th there are a number of tennis bets once they get to the finals, especially that if he was able to win these other matches in straight sets and he's, he's good enough to do it. You know, he is 10 times better than these guys. Now, whether he's in the shape and everything, who knows, but minus 135, bottom line, I tell you what, you'll never find a better minus 135 bet. You, you won't. It, again, it's going to take two weeks. It's going to take some patience, but he should zip through the first two, three matches without any problem whatsoever. He's only going to face a, a live body, you know, starting with the fourth match on and he's dominated this tournament, or at least he's, you know, one of the three that's dominated this tournament. Uh, he's won it three times. His two main combatants aren't there. His next two combatants aren't there. And again, I mean, think about that. 56 out of 64 majors. Majors now, not just goofy tournaments. These big three have won, and two of the top big three aren't there, and then two others aren't there. Boy, that, that's how one-sided tennis has been on the men's side. It really is amazing how these three guys have just absolutely dominated. I don't know what's going to happen when these three all retire, and they're all basically at the same same age. 
same points in their career. Uh, you know, tennis, you talk about golf. At least golf has some up-and-coming players. I, tennis does not. Tennis doesn't have any familiar names at this point. So tennis could be in a lot of trouble in a, in, in a year or two. So, But as far as betting goes, take the Joker minus 135. That is an absolute gift. On the women's side, looks like Serena's sitting in a catbird seat. Six of the top ten women's players aren't there. So she might get her you know, record-tying 24th Grand Slam that would tie Margaret Court uh, for most overall. But uh, I won't touch that. Uh, but I do love the men. Oh, I do love Federer minus 135. Absolutely. Book it now. Phone calls coming up next. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Meats on a Monday morning, 25 minutes past the hour, 844-843-6879. Again, toll free, 844-843-6879. To the phones we go with our good buddy Andy down in San Antonio, an LL podcast subscriber. What's up, Andy? How are you this morning, my friend? Scott Wetzel, how are you doing this morning? You have a good weekend, my friend? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, didn't really speak to the wife at all yesterday, which is always encouraging and, and helpful. Um, but uh, uh, nothing new from the from the daughter in, in college. So she hasn't been attacked yet uh, with the all uh, or with the uh, co-ed dorm, which I'm still not uh, completely thrilled about. But I do have uh, my oh, no. bills to pay from from college, though. So that that's uh, on my table here. So, yeah, well, well life is grand. <laughs> life is grand, Andy. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> Well, first thing first, I want to you know get to your your pool, um, your poll. Used to, I did not realize that the Joker was only a minus one thirty five going into the U.S. Open. That is absolutely insane. You know, he sat there and come on off of winning the Australian Open already this year, and winning the U.S. Open three times over the past seven eight seven eight years already. Why in the heck is he only a 135 favorite? I, I, can't, I didn't realize that, and I can't wait to get off the phone, so I, I can put a, a bet on that right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what FanDuel has it. I mean, and the fact that he's playing, you know, makes me realize, Andy, that he may not want to be there. He was kind of bitching and moaning a little bit along with Federer or along with uh, Nadal, but the fact that he's there means that, to me, he is going to be taking this thing 100% serious. You know, he he is looking at this as no Federer, no Nadal, nice, easy draw. You know, we're going to get – not that we wouldn't, but who knows? Maybe he just – you know, there are situations where a guy will just join a tournament because they have to because of sponsors and commitments and appearance fees. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case with him. I, I really think we're going to get a serious uh, Novak, and if that's the case, I mean, unless something crazy happens. There, there's just no way he's not going to get at least to the finals, where, again, you can hedge if you want to. So him minus 135, boy, you know, a lot of people don't bet tennis. That that would be my only thing, uh, Andy, that people don't bet tennis so they don't take advantage of some of the lines that they give you. But that's as good as gold to me. I mean, easy. Like you said, I, I mean, just I think he can sleepwalk. If you're talking about him not taking it seriously. I mean, I mean he's probably going to take it seriously. But even if he didn't, he could probably sleepwalk to the finals, and like you said, for any it, it, worst case scenario, you sit there and get to the finals. If you want to sit there and make sure you win, no matter what head movement, I, I don't see right. any way, no way that I don't, I don't think um, <clears throat> Djokovic is the type of guy to sit there and just kind of sit there make an appearance and then sit there and bow out, bow out of the first second round. I think he's got too much pride for that. I don't see it. Yeah, one bit. 
Yeah, I I like to go back and see how many times, if that's ever happened, that he lost in the first, second, or third round. You know, outside of losing in major finals and and maybe maybe semifinals, I'd venture to guess you could probably count on one or two fingers, let alone one or two hands, how many times that's occurred to him. So, yeah, I I doubt very seriously that he would just, you know, show up, lose a round or two and, and lose in the first or second round and go home. I, I don't think, uh, why would he do that? Not, not uh, listen at this point, these guys are talking about winning majors and uh, you know, if he's been given this gift as he has Andy, I, I'd be shocked if that would occur for him. If now you can call me out if I'm wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, he's only lost in the first, the first round or the second round, probably three, three or three times. If I'm not mistaken, three Great. or four times. All right. I'll look it up. I'll look. I'll, I'll you know when we're done the program today. I'll, I'll take a look and see. Um, I bet it's you know I'd be surprised if it was even three, but maybe you know uh, you know one one two or three times, you know um, you know and maybe something crazy happened, an injury or something along those lines. But um, that that's why I pointed out all those champions. I mean, it, it. I didn't know what the numbers were until I sat down last night and said, all right, you know what, I'm gonna take a look at all the majors and see how many times different guys have won and. I'm not surprised. I figured it was a monster number, but think about eight, only eight times out of 64 majors uh, over the last basically 15, 16 years has not one of the big three won. Well, that is really remarkable to me. I think we lost you, Andy. But um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think you talk about just absolute. I don't know, you know, baseball, you have a bunch of different champs. Football, you have a bunch of different champs. NBA is probably the one where you could compare and go back. You'd be surprised how few teams have won NBA champions. I remember we we, we talked about this one time uh, a while back when I was over at the Three Letter Network. Um, there haven't been really that many NBA champions, believe it or not, over the last, we'll just say, 40 years. You know, you got the Bulls that dominated. You got the Lakers that dominated. You got the Celtics that dominated. You got the San Antonio Spurs, you know, Andy's hometown. They've dominated. Um, you know, Toronto is kind of new to the mix, but you've had the Pistons, you know, that had a couple of years of winning. And, you know, outside of that, you know, you don't have that little sporadic little team that comes kind of comes out of nowhere. Toronto would be that one team that is probably going to win one year and not another. Although who knows what this year may, uh, may be, but I, I kind of doubt they're going to win this year. But you don't have those varied teams in the NBA. Um, free agency is why do you ask? Free agency is not the same. You know, guys like to stick together. You know, it's becoming a little bit more as the, you know, as the years go on. But these players are signing four, five-year contracts that are just crazy. And, you know, they stay with these teams. You know, LeBron is the exception. He's kind of bounced around. But Miami's won another, you know, a couple that they would be thrown into that uh, equation as well. Um, You have Dallas that's what did win the one time. Um, So you have a couple. But really, you know, you you look at a ledger of champions over the last 40 years, and you're going to find about seven or eight different teams. Um, and that's really it, believe it or not. So, But tennis, th- that would be the only one uh, outside of the NBA that just absolutely dominates. So, again, Joe can make a minus 135. Boy, I tell you, that is just uh, hop on it now. That's what FanDuel's got posted. So if, if you do your shopping at FanDuel, as we all should, then uh, that would be the way to go because it's it's to me that's as good a gift as you're ever going to get, especially this year. You know he would be minus one thirty five in my book with with those guys there to tell you the truth, um, versus not being there. Crazy. All right, five one six uh, or excuse me eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. 
Uh, I hate to break it to fellow Dolphin fans, but did you see this story? I, I you know, I only quit it last night. I missed it. Sadly, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's mom passed away over the weekend. So he left the scrimmage on Saturday, you know, to be with family, you know, which is to be expected. But they don't know when he's coming back. And while they don't have the quarantine rules like living in a bubble, he could be gone a day. He could be gone two days. He could be gone a week. He could be gone two weeks. Dolphins don't know or they're not saying. But basically they've told him, you know, take, take as much time as you need, as you would expect. So what's the de- deal? Well, you would think that would anoint Tua T as the Dolphins' starting quarterback if he's not there, right? The season starts in two weeks now. Well, I hate to break it to Dolphin fans, but uh, they're going to end up maybe doing something they should have done the last month of last season, and that is start one Josh Rosen. He sucks. (laughs) I mean... They should have started him last year when they inexplicably started winning football games and blew the number one overall draft choice. Uh, but they didn't. They decided to start Ryan Fitzpatrick because why? I don't know. They just didn't want to draft Joe Burrow for some dopey reason. I don't know. They said, let's salvage this year and win three, four, five games, even though the season is over, even though we have this carrot that's dangling out there and Burrow, the greatest you know prospect since John Elway, and yet we're going to win meaningless football games. Instead of putting Rosen in, who blows and couldn't beat Topeka high, you know, they don't start him, and then they have the built-in excuse, well, you know, listen, we traded for him, so we, you know, we gave him a shot, he failed, and we want to give him another shot. They know No one would have, you know, questioned that whatsoever, but do they do that? No. We got to put Ryan Fitzpatrick in there, and we got to win a bunch of these football games. We got to beat the Bungles. We got to beat the Patriots of all teams. So we don't start Rosen last year when we should have, and I say we. Yes, I do. <clears throat> but the Dolphins are going to start Josh Rosen apparently this year. So two things. One, we're in trouble. Two, w- what about Tua? Does that mean he's not going to be ready? Does that mean then we're going to need another quarterback? Because if he's not ready to start, I would think he'd be getting the benefit of the doubt and he would be starting if he was physically ready, right? So if he's not physically ready with his hip and everything, even though they say he is, but you know maybe not, uh, then we're going to go, you know, go get a, another quarterback and, and think about that. Think about the quarterback duo of Josh Rosen and a fourth string quarterback. Good gravy, good gravy. This season's going down the basket without even starting. I mean, geez. unless Josh Rosen, <clears throat> out of the blue, has turned into an NFL quarterback, which I kind of doubt. And if you look at that Dolphin schedule as we've broken down before. So I won't burden you again. It is a tough schedule to start the season. It eases up a little bit, but they got playoff team after playoff team after playoff team after playoff team. So Ryan, uh, you know, having lived your shoes as far as a parent dying not that long ago, I understand. So not questioning him, but, you know, maybe maybe come back a little bit sooner than what you were anticipating and maybe kind of win one for the Gipper and use, uh, you know, that death as inspiration. Uh, but if you're leaving us in the hands of Josh Rosen, we're in a lot of trouble. We are in a lot of trouble. And then uh, the four-letter network is reporting that Nick Foles has the advantage over uh, Mitchell Trubisky in the Chicago Bears quarterback camp, which I don't find surprising at all. You know, the 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 moment they traded for Foles and the moment that they did not uh, give Trubisky his fifth-year guaranteed, 
I, I would I don't need the four letter network to tell me that I would be very, very surprised if uh Foles is not the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. You know, I, I wouldn't put him uh, Trubisky in the Josh Rosen category, but uh, you know, it pretty darn close. I you know, he's had his opportunity. And I tell you, he's a quarterback that not that he wouldn't sign with another team, but is any team going to give him their starting job? No. No. His days of being a starter in the NFL are probably over at this point. 844-843-6879. More phone calls, emails, tweets coming up. Biggest of bad beats on a Monday morning. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Eight four four eight four three sixty eight seventy nine again eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine forty minutes past the hour. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until the top of the hour. Update our poll question of the day. Talking a little tennis here, uh, which is a rarity, but I, I do enjoy tennis as much as I do golf. So, uh, best chance of happening: Djokovic winning the U.S. Open, uh, leading the way with thirty-seven percent of the vote. Clippers or Clip, uh, Clippers or Lakers winning the NBA championship at thirty-three percent. Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup at eighteen percent, and uh, Dodgers winning the World Series at eleven percent. So, again, go to Opposite Picks uh, and check out uh, the question. Get your vote in, and uh, maybe we'll update that uh, one more time. A couple of other uh, tidbits there. First off, just the NBA recapping from last night again, real quickly. Denver beat Utah one nineteen one oh seven. Jamal Murray on fire, fifty points. 17 of 24 shooting, 9 of 12 from 3. They continued to leave him open, and he continued to hit the shots. He becomes just a third player to score 50 points in a potential elimination game. He's just the second player to, with three straight 40-point postseason performances. Uh, out of all the young players, John Moran, Zion, you know, Luca, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, Murray may end up being the best of the bunch. Uh, disappointing season for Denver if they lose in the first round. So they still got to finish the deal. They tie the series at three. NBA gets its first uh, deciding game seven. So that should be a lot of fun uh, tomorrow. Clippers dump Dallas 111-97. Kawhi Leonard, his fifth straight 30-point game. Well, he has just carried that team. And a disappointing performance from the Mavs. I mentioned first hour. I just don't, you know, listen, it was a nice year for them. They kind of put themselves back on the map. I get all that stuff. But this series was there for the taking for them. It, it really was. Um, they had a couple of opportunities to, to you know, take 3-2 leads, um, and instead they were down 3-2, and they were trailing in this game from start to finish by 20-plus points. Inexcusable to me for the Mavs to again trail by 23rd game in this six-game series in which they trail by 20 or more points. You just, you just can't do that in an elimination game. They did cut it to six in the fourth quarter, but the Clippers just, you know, they called a timeout. They came out and, and like, two shots. Uh, from Reggie Jackson, put the lead back up to 16, just like that, literally, just just like that. So um, they let their guard down. Clippers win uh, the series in six. Boston beat Toronto 112-94. You know, it's the second win over the Raptors since they started because they beat them in the bubble, and they led from start to finish yesterday, and they led from start to finish in that other bubble game. So that's two straight games. You know, you don't see leading from start to finish. Toronto has not had a lead. In the last two games against Boston, the Raptors, you know, listen, I think they're going to put up a fight here, but they could be in trouble. Vegas beat Vancouver, NHL 5-3, Marc-Andre Fleury back in goal just because it was the back end of two games in two days. So I don't think he's going to be playing in game five on Tuesday. 
especially since uh, Robin Leonard, the other goalie, was coming off a 3 nothing shutout from Saturday. So, But Fleury made the 28 saves, and Vegas takes a 3-1 series lead. Islanders 3-1 series lead, beating Philadelphia 3-2. And Dallas <clears throat> took a 3-1 series lead, surprisingly enough, over Colorado, uh, beating the Avalanche last night 5-4. So, again, mentioned first hour, NHL, it is what it is. You, you can't complain. It, it just, you know, it's, it's the fickle nature of the NHL. Anything can go wrong, will go wrong. Whereas the NBA has the Lakers, has the Clippers, has the Greek Freak Milwaukee, has a you know a great franchise in Boston, you know has the defending champs Toronto, all still in the postseason. The NHL, on the other hand, no Sidney Crosby, no Alex Ovechkin, no young stud like Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews, no original six team in in Montreal, the Rangers, Chicago. Looks like Boston's going to get eliminated. The defending champ St. Louis Blues eliminated in the first round. You don't have that up-and-coming team like Colorado, perhaps. They're they're on the verge of getting eliminated. You got nondescript Islanders, nondescript Dallas, Vegas, but it's not the same Vegas team from two years ago when it was their first year in the league and everyone was talking about how great this team was. You know, it's, it's a nice little team, but I, they're not bringing fannies to the table. They've lost that little extra edge. And then Tampa Bay, I, I mean, you're looking at, and that's not exactly a hockey town. You know, Tampa Bay is very good, but, you know, you're looking at a Tampa Bay versus Islanders, Vegas versus Dallas semifinals, and then, God forbid, like a, 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 even a, either way, Tampa Bay or the Islanders versus maybe Dallas or Vegas in the Stanley Cup, uh, it's only going to be the diehards. Again, it's going to be another year where it's only going to be diehard hockey fans that are going to be watching. And then that's uh, that, that's too bad. It, it really is. So baseball trade deadline, 4 o'clock this afternoon. I don't know why they would make it 4 o'clock Eastern time, right? I mean, you're living in San Diego. You're living on the West Coast. There's a plenty of GMs that are you know dealing with West Coast stuff. Why would they not make it 7 o'clock Eastern time? At least give the West Coast teams until 4 o'clock. I don't, you know. That to me doesn't make any sense why it's 4 o'clock. No big deal, but um, the deadline is this afternoon. We'll see if some uh, name players get moved, i.e. Mike Clevenger, the Indians, uh, maybe Lance Lynn of the Texas Rangers, maybe Jackie Bradley of the Red Sox. I kind of doubt that, although they did trade Mitch Moreland yesterday to the Padres. Uh, I kind of doubt Francisco Lindor. His name keeps on getting talked about just because he's going to be a free agent after next year and they can't afford him. Um, and maybe Johnny Cueto of the Giants, who pitched well yesterday. And then, um, you know, I threw out the name out there, Uenis Cespedes. I, I know he's not part of the Mets right now. He opted out. But last year of his contract, they're not re-signing him. You can get him for a bag of bones. And I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. You know, you're going to have to wait two weeks for him to go through quarantine and all that. But you know what? That, that's okay. You get him for the stretch run. You get him for the postseason. Guy's in the last year of his contract, and he still wants to play. I'll take my chances, you know, giving knowing you're giving up basically nothing. Baseball yesterday, Dodgers set the record for most home runs in a month with 57. Again, they've quietly actually got the best record in, in baseball. Adam Wainwright throws a complete game for St. Louis. They beat the Indians 7-2. to uh, Yankees sweep the Mets after getting swept on Friday. Uh, A's and Astros postponed as a number of the A's had uh, tested positive for the coronavirus. So, And in Toronto, be Baltimore to walk up. You know, in a lot of ways, that A's-Astros, not that it's a good thing, but it's a, a maybe a good sign that, you know, it's, it's not the, the lead story in, in sports, you know? Two weeks ago, this would have been the lead story. Oh, my goodness, the baseball game was canceled because of the virus. Maybe we, we've grown accustomed to it. And maybe we realize, okay, you have to shut it down, but it's, you know, people aren't knock on wood dying, and, and, and they are recovering, and the teams are getting back after a week or so off. Uh, it's not the most ideal situation. I get that. But same thing in college football. 
You know, Auburn announced over the weekend that they had 16 players. That's a lot of players uh, that uh, have come down with the virus. And he's not saying who, uh, but nine players tested positive for the virus. Seven others are considered high risk. So 16 at least uh, are susceptible, I'll say, uh, rather than actually having it. I said uh, very few players have actually exhibited major symptoms, according to Gus Malzahn, the, the head coach. Again, they canceled a couple of practices because of the, the police shooting, but they've yet to cancel any practices or cancel any games. They're supposed to open up the season September 26th, so they have some time for these kids to, to get healthy again. But um, it's it's not the be-all, end-all. It, it's, it's almost like, you know, the good sign out of this is it's almost like, okay, we get it. I mean, 16 players is a lot of players. I mean, that's not two or three, but they're not shutting the sport down. They're not canceling any games. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like they're canceling any practices because of this. So it's becoming more in tune with our lives coming down with the virus is maybe the best way of putting it. It's not the earth shattering. Oh, my goodness. 16 players. Again, two weeks ago, you tell me the 16 players have come down with the virus, and we'll be talking about the SEC not playing football, and they're going to be saying, see, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. And it may end up coming to that. It, it, it might, but at least at this point, it's like, okay, you got the players. They're going to come down with the virus. Uh, we're going to quarantine them, get them healthy, make sure they're all okay. 10-day quarantine, seven-day uh, reacclimation uh, quarantine, if you will, is, is how they run it. So they're going to be gone for at least at least 17 days, right? And you got to give them, you would think, another week before they get better. So you're really talking about three-plus weeks these guys are going to be gone. But it's not the crazy lead story. Might be down in Alabama, but it's not nationally because the good news is we're kind of getting accustomed to, okay, you, you are going to get this. You know, college football, the SEC, Never said people are going to be 100%, you know, without being living in a bubble like the NHL and NBA. People are going to get it. They are, sadly. But as long as they can control it and get the kids healthy and make sure nothing serious happens, then it's just going to be the part of the fabric. I will say those who bet, um, you can't bet future lines with this stuff. You, you just can't. Um, now, looks like these players might be back for that Kentucky game. I don't, I don't know if it's the starting quarterback or the backup quarterback or, you know, they, they're not saying who it is, but you'd be crazy to put American money on a future, whether it's an over-under win total or whether it's they have opening lines. They, they do. If you, know, if you want to put a bet on some of this stuff, you can. But knowing that there's a three-week, four-week window still before we play our first game, not knowing who's going to be there, it's really taking the fun out of it because <clears throat> people love betting the over-under totals, right? I mean, it's one of the, the new things in sports, bet how many wins a team is going to have, whether it's over or under the specific number. People just like that stuff. You, you can't do I mean, you, I mean, you can, but to me, you'd be throwing darts at a wall. Why, why, you know, who knows who's playing? I mean, you could be betting on a terrific Auburn team or a terrific Alabama team or a terrific whatever team, and, you know, half the team comes down with the virus or a third of the team. Uh, or key players come down with the virus, and there you are sitting with an over nine and a half or eight and a half uh, Alabama. Meanwhile, they're playing with their third string quarterback. Even Alabama can't do that. I mean, so that really, I mean, unless you just, like I said, want to have action on it, I, and you can't bet a game even on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or even a Thursday for the following Saturday without knowing for sure who's playing. So college football is, uh, you know, and NFL is, as well is, is taking a little bit of the luster away, but at least it's there. At least they're trying. But again, the good news is that they're not going gaga over the fact that that many players are, uh, you know, coming down with the virus. 
Rivals.com, pretty good site, is saying that the Big Ten is still considering starting football in January, which, you know, I, I don't get that. I, I don't know how they would do that unless they just want to play football in that, you know, the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 are playing basically a normal schedule. They're going to crown their champ in January. I mean, think about the logistics of that. You know, those three conferences are crowning their champions and playing in all these major bowls. And then the Big Ten is just going to be starting its season. You know, is the Pac-12 going to follow suit? Are some of the smaller conferences going to try and do it as well in January? Are we, in essence, then going to have two champions? You know, is the, is the Big Ten champ going to pay the Pac-12 champ in, in uh, you know, March or April? Would the SEC, ACC, Big 12, if you will, champion then play them? I mean, that that would be very weird. Um, you know, having these other conferences crown their champion and then the Big 10 just starting its season. Very weird. Very, very weird. Uh, yeah, big blow for LSU. They lost wide receiver Jamar Chase. He's opting out. Who see you ask? Well, he was the best wide receiver of the nation last year. Won the Blitnikoff Award. Set an SEC conference record with 20 touchdown passes. Uh, not exactly sure why he's waited this long. Uh, supposedly has nothing to do with the virus stuff. It's more just hired an agent and wants to prepare for the NFL. Why take the risk? Don't blame him at all. I'm, I'm surprised more teams or more kids aren't doing that, to tell you the truth. Very surprised. So big bowl to LSU. How about Jacksonville over the weekend as we go over some of these stories? Trading uh, former first-round pick Yannick Joku to the Vikings in exchange for a second-rounder and a conditional fifth-rounder. And it becomes a third-rounder if, in fact, they win a Super Bowl. They couldn't get a number one pick for a former first-round pick who's still, you know, maybe not even in his prime. Wow. Consider Seattle traded not one but two number one picks earlier this month to the Jets for Jamal Adams, and the Jaguars couldn't even get one for Joku? Sometimes you just scratch your head and say, why? Why? You know, I mean, the two terrific young players, you want to make the case Adams is maybe a little bit better? Okay, both in similar spots as far as contract-wise. Boy, I don't get that at all. I, to not be able to get a, a one, not one for him, is very strange. All right, we'll wrap up shop next with some stories we didn't have time to get to and some winners for today right here on Bagels and Bad Beats. Bagel! Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and bad beats on this uh, Monday morning. Let us wrap up shop with a couple of stories we didn't have time to get to. White Sox putting pitcher Gio Gonzalez on the 10-day DL. Uh, Bills fans looking for a home and maybe getting one in a suggestion that I brought up last week, and that is have a tailgate party. I, I think, you know, a, a drive-in movie theater would be the ideal spot. You know, be able to put the game on TV and have people come in, tailgate, and pretend they're outside the stadium, or even just do it outside the stadium. But Buffalo is looking to do that, and there are some sites out there that are sponsoring a couple of things. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, send my check in the mail for me having the idea. Um, ben, uh, Reds and Cubs had a bench clearing incident on Saturday. I, I tell you what, the tempers are really flying because we have seen this. They're not supposed to. They threw guys out like they ought to do as soon as they left the bench. Good for the umpires to do that, but um, that does not stop things. Just tempers continue uh, to flare. Bill Belichick calling for college football and the NFL football to get on the same page on a lot of different things. 
There's some uh, different rules, and he says that's not really good. Wetzel Black Cloud works in mysterious ways. You know, Joe Flacco's younger brother is getting a tryout with the Arizona Cardinals, undrafted rookie out of a thousand. You know, when you think about it, <clears throat> the day Joe Flacco blew up yours truly at my cousin's wedding, that really was the end of Joe Flacco's career. <laughs> when you really just like where he went after that point, um, he was not the same. He just, he just wasn't. So uh, there you go. Should have given me the autograph. Charger Derwin James knee injury, uh, supposedly a hamstring injury, now is looking like it's much worse. They're hoping he's not going to be out for a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months. That's not good. Not good at all. All right, our winner of the day, I got to go to the NBA <clears throat> slate, and I'm going to take the Milwaukee Bucks laying just five over Miami. I know that's got sucker written all over it. You know, the Heat did beat the Bucks twice in the regular season and then lost one time in the bubble game, but I think that's a good thing. That's only going to get Milwaukee's attention. Laying five, maybe five and a half. FanDuel's got it at five. Give me the bucks today as our play of the day, laying the five. Great job by the phone callers, the emailers, the tweeters. We'll do it all again tomorrow right here. Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Have yourselves a great and safe Monday afternoon and Monday evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.